Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Song, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. It's another day to get inside, inside sales. How are you doing, folks? I've missed you. It's been a week. That's what it's been, right? A whole week since we last talked. What have you been doing this week? I have to ask you that. Anything notable, excitable, anything that you go, it was a good freaking week, or it was a tough week, or it was a shitty week, or it was whatever. It's amazing as we live our lives how the day-to-day activity of what we do has such an impact. Our own mindset, our own mental well-being, our own health, and it's like an athlete, right? You, as a sales professional, are unable to work at your peak your peak capabilities, unless your head is in the game. And and for many people, think about this. I mean, my sports metaphors, because pro athletes are always the epitome, right? They're at the best of the game. They're always practicing. They're always studying. They're always competing against the best in the game. And so they really are a great metaphor for what we do. And you can see a lot of sports athletes who are often not at the best of the game. Maybe there's something going on in their life. Maybe it's a family issue. Maybe it's a contract issue. You know, they're, they're not enjoying what's going on in social media, whatever it might be. But they refuse to admit it, right? And you, you see the game on the field, and you know they're not at their best. But they will talk to the press. They will talk to their trusted advisors who then go to the press and say, no, no, it's all good, man. I I got this. I'm under control. They're often in denial. Often it takes a hard crash before you finally see that. My own local team, I was watching the Ottawa and I'm watching the Ottawa Senators and we have our highest paid player. And, you know, and he's just not performing the way he should be performing. We've all seen it for a long time. And then finally this week they announced that he has gone into a player assistance program. He was in denial. So the question is, what can we learn from that? It got me thinking. You know, we've talked before on the show about mindset and how it's so important, but there's lots of ways to view mindset. And it's one of those things you have to study all the time. For example, I had Richard Harris on a webinar just the other day. He and Ryan O'Hara of Lead IQ and Richard Harris of Richard Harris Consulting. And if you follow Richard online, and you should if you don't, He's really big, a really strong advocate of mental health and mental well-being. He talks about it frequently, and he champions the cause because he recognizes from his own personal experiences how important that is. It's easy for us sometimes when we see those posts in our feeds to kind of go, whoop, you know, keep on going, keep on going, don't want to deal with it, I'm fine, I'm honky-dory. But the fact of the matter is we do have to reflect sometimes. You have to ask yourself, if you're not hitting your numbers, is that what's causing it? I'll give you an example. Today, this last week, I've got a, a speech I have to give next week. It's at uh, SAS North, and I'm speaking on the power of social selling. This is a topic I know inside and out. I can do it all day long. And uh, my presentation was due like last, a week ago, literally a week ago. And 
and they've been all over me. Like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And I've got this mental mind block, and I'm doing everything else to keep me busy to not have to sit down and build this freaking presentation. And now my back is against the wall. <sighs> it's tough. Mindset. Attitude. We have to have the right combination. I say to myself, as I often do, because I love talking to myself, because no one fights when they're talking to themselves, do they? You, I mean, do you fight? Anyway, total sidebar. And I said, who's the guy? Who's the guy who understands all this stuff around attitude and mindset? And you see it in his disposition, in his demeanor, in his posts. You see it in the way he shares his stories, the way he talks about the influencers on, on his life, like his father. You see it loud and clear. And if you're thinking what I'm thinking, then uh, let, me guess, let me tell you who it is. It's Dale Dupree. Dale Dupree of the Sales Rebellion. He is the leader of the Sales Rebellion, where they choose legendary with their sales training. So with no further ado, Dale, my friend, welcome to the show, sir. What's up, David? Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, Dale. it's, oh it's okay. Um, is it's that okay. Your producer's name, David. Dave, no, it's not. David is our CEO's name. So you just you just assumed I was a CEO. Let's go with that. The producer is Daniel. You know what? I picture you when I think of you before I go to bed every night. I picture you kind of on a throne, <laughs> like up at the top of the tower. So you know, I, I yeah, that's probably what it is. So well, I thought maybe it was just you know, if I go back far enough in I guess religious history, David was the ultimate king. So I'm assuming you're just thinking of me in my <laughs> royal position. Is that where you went? It must be where you went you nailed it dude yeah you that's exactly what you were thinking David. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you talk to thousands of people a week it starts to become something that you have to be super intentional about when it comes to names so i'm a visual person daryl so like when i see your face i recognize you i have a very vast imagination and i also am one of those people that that has a photographic memory I can remember the way you look better than I can remember your name in most cases. And so when, when I transitioned from being somebody that's selling into a community and a marketplace to being somebody that is talking to people all around the world, and again, it's thousands of people a week in some cases, it's really hard when you see David or Daryl or Daniel, <laughs> you know, back to back to back to remember which one is which sometimes. So, so it's one of those practices, like you said, of mindset. You know, my mindset has to be constantly has to be intentional. How do I be intentional with all the communication that I have with individual people? Because to me, again, sales isn't about the commission check. I know I say this a lot and I say it in my content, but sales is more about the connection that we make with the human on the other end. And the vast amount of opportunity that comes with that, that we typically gloss over because we're so focused on our result. So understanding that, I mean, because you can you can intellectually understand that, but uh, we're still emotional creatures, and life can affect us, right? So, how do we make ourselves perhaps situationally aware, especially when we're prospecting, that we may not be in our best mental well-being? It could be affecting our performance. I think that kind of jumps to the awareness of self in those moments as well too, like understanding what you're good at, but most importantly, embracing the suck is what I like to talk <laughs> about is if we can sit back and embrace the things that we suck at instead of trying to beat them or trying to ignore them, but just embracing them, naturally we get better at them. And even if we never get better at them, we're so aware at their existence that they cannot defeat us or conquer us. 
And in those moments when you need situational awareness, and in those moments when you're prospecting and you know, you're getting into this robotic groove, if you know yourself and you're aware of who you are and you're aware of, you know, not just your strengths again, but your weaknesses and you're embracing them, that people will, the, on the other end of, of the conversation, will not only respect that, but they'll be more drawn to the conversation that you're having with them in the first place. And then again, if you can apply that to their situation as well, which again, like this is a, it's like a, the most annoying algebra equation you've ever done, right? <laughs> but when you practice this for years and years and years, and you have a mentality of the long game from the start and say, look, I'm not just in this to try and make it work for six months. I want to do this for the next 13 years. When that's your attitude and how you come to the plate at that first at bat, doesn't matter how many times you strike out over the first dozen games or even the first couple seasons because you'll be a veteran at some point and other people will be coming to you and saying, how did you get this good in the first? I want to talk to you about that because you've said a couple of really powerful things. You've talked about embrace the suck. You've talked about mentality. You've talked about attitude and all of that led to you talking about effectively that failure is okay. You know, when it embrace the suck, you're going to fail. And you said, play the long game, which for those who aren't picking up on what he's putting down, it means in the end, in the long game, you're going to be a rock star dynamite sales professional, but there's a process to get from here to there if you're not there already. And you literally have to give yourself permission to suck. Exactly as he says, embrace the suck. It took me personally years and years and years to get it. And the only reason I got there, I think, was simply because of age. I don't think I had the skill sets when I was younger to embrace the suck because I was so competitive and I was so focused on, you know, that next step in my career and I was so focused that next pay raise or that next commission check that I took every loss personally. And it's it, it's a wonderful thing when you give yourself permission to suck. You give yourself permission to be a work in progress. And too many people are not giving themselves permission. And I want to be clear because I know what's going on right now. A lot of you are saying that's bullshit. I don't want to give myself permission because then I'll settle for mediocrity. And I push back on you and I say, that's just a bad plan. Never settle on mediocrity. Just understand that Wayne Gretzky, for example, in hockey, wasn't always Wayne Gretzky. He had to build those skills. That's the same truth in every discipline in life. A doctor, a heart surgeon, started off as an entry-level med student who knew bupkis about how to use a needle or how to you know, use a scalpel. There's a process, and you need to give yourself that permission. What do you see, Dale? Do you see, because you do, I mean, my gosh, you're like all over the freaking place, training city after city after city. We got this incredible The Rebellion Tour going on. Do you see this a lot? And do your students, your clients, do they come up to you and acknowledge that they're suffering from this? Or is it just something we don't talk about? What's interesting is that I think really my message causes people to want to come and talk to me about exactly what you're stating and to be open with me. And the, the, the first things out of their mouth is I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. That's what typically I hear from reps, but these are the things that I'm going through. And 
I usually, I'm pretty intentional in, in the way that I just listen, but I also, I have one question whenever I hear them start talking, which I think is telling to not just our industry overall, but also people, how people are, is that I, I typically ask them, am I the first person that you've told this to? How are you getting help right now? Usually it's like my wife, you know, or my husband and yeah, you, <laughs> you know, like I can't talk to my boss about these things because my boss specifically has done so much for me. They're trying to help me. And I feel like I'm letting them down if I go to them and talk about these things. So at the same time, it's almost like, even though they're getting so much out of the relationship, they feel it's kind of a one-sided relationship or there's an agenda on the other side. And they, I don't think they know how to express that though, in some cases or express themselves when talking to someone, when they feel that way about them. But the other side of it is that there are a lot of leaders out there that just need to get slapped and they need, and honestly, <laughs> what they need to do beyond getting slapped is they need to, they need to seek out counsel. They need to be able to humble themselves. They need to be able to understand that they haven't become perfect in their walk on this on this earth through their set their 30 years in sales. Like if anything, they it's it's caused them to become less sharpened over time because they're not growing. They read a couple articles here and there. Well, we both know you disagree with everything you read, and you're sitting there rolling your eyes the whole time, going, "Ah, oh, you know, that's not how we do things around here in the first place." You need accountability. You need somebody helping you from a growth perspective and helping you to be able to become a better coach. Too many managers manage. They don't build, they don't relate, and they don't coach. And because of that, we have a failing sales system over it. They, they are so focused on metrics that it causes their people to feel like a number. And when their people feel like a number, they feel like they're failing. And they feel like constantly that they can't get better at what they're doing. So sometimes even, Daryl, I think what's important to say here, especially for people listening, that you might not really suck at sales like you think you do. It might just be that what it is that you're doing inside of it, you know, the awareness of what it is that the people are, are telling you to do on a daily basis is lacking. <laughs> you know, they don't know your strengths. And instead, they're just feeding to your weakness in the first place. And they're not allowing any kind of growth as it is. Right. And then there's always this, the crazy stuff that I hear that I just want to mention. Right. I'll say, well, what CRM do you use? What's a CRM? <laughs> right. Oh, man. I mean. <laughs> and this is the thing, Daryl, too, is that, look, I'm a millennial, okay? I'm, my, I'm, I'm just turned 34, right? I'm right at the cusp of it. I'm a senior millennial, as they like to say. So they, I think they call us like a zillennial, actually, something like that, where we are, my dad worked his ass off and was a great example as a baby boomer of, you know, how to do it with your own two hands, but, but also had that empathy and that compassion and that sense of community that, that related to me as a millennial. And because of that, I have a different upbringing than sitting on my phone all day, typing away as a keyboard warrior. I have the concept of hard work in the way that I, I look at life too. And so when someone says to me in the millennial generation that, oh, I, a CRM or I'm not allowed to use LinkedIn at work, things like that, <laughs> it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's people digging their own sales grave instead of their own sales garden. I had someone the other day say to me, have you talked to this guy? This guy's an elder statesman in the sales profession. He's a legend. Oh my gosh. Every exit in the world, which he might've had. And I look him up on LinkedIn and he literally had zero posts. And I said, I have no interest. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, look at, he's managed teams of 150 and more. He's got you know, millions of dollars. I said, I have no interest. He's not in a single LinkedIn post. He's irrelevant. I'm sorry. This is the way the modern world sells. I'm sure he was successful in his era. 
I have no interest. And they look at me like I have three heads. I'm like, it's the way, that, it's the way of the world, kids. Get over it. One of the things I loved right. that you said was about accountability. I'm a big fan of accountability and accountability partners. Yes, it may not be your boss if it is fantastic, but it may be a trusted colleague, a trusted peer. It could be an outside advisor. Like they go to you, Dale. I need your opinion on that. An accountability partner is someone's going to check on your well-being, and it's a it's reciprocal relationship that you check in on them as well. Often setting that up is amazing. We got to take a break here, folks. Uh, we're running a little late on the break thing. That's because Dale's been on fire. I blame him entirely. When we come back we're going to talk a little bit about how you can drill down and kind of know what's going on with you and what you can do when you find yourself in this situation that said don't go anywhere we'll be right back crm was designed for managing relationships sales engagement is designed for starting them current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50 percent of the time make less than two attempts to contact them and are only about 35 percent productive CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. And we're back. Thank you guys for waiting. I appreciate that that wonderful commercial message. Makes you just want to rush out and get a copy of VanillaSoft right now, doesn't it? VanillaSoft.com slash free dash trial. There you go. All right. So when we left, we had basically done a lot of like, woe is me. And you're probably ready to slice your wrist because we said, oh, life is hard. But the reason we're doing this is so you'll actually identify with the challenges. And some of us experience it more than others do. So now let's get to the cure. If those are the symptoms, let's get to the cure. The first part is it all comes down to you being aware of you because you're the one at the center of this story and you got to be aware of what's going on so you know how to respond. Dale, talk to me about that. I think the big piece of this puzzle for me started with a practice that I put in place as a cadence for myself. But the first time that I did it, it was because my father and I were sitting and having a little bit of a mentoring session. And I had told him that I was feeling... I was just feeling something different. Something was evolving in my life. I was starting to see that maybe I wasn't treating people the way that I thought I was. It was started kind of in my sales role, right? Where we were mentoring and talking about clients and prospects. And, and then through the process of that, as my father was helping me to understand that the number one thing is, is that if you can sit back and say to yourself, maybe I'm not doing this right, that it's the eye-opening portion of self-awareness. It's the first step. And so once I had hit that, what my father had helped me to understand in that process was, well, maybe it's not just your clients. Maybe it's not just your prospect. Maybe there's people in your life that you need to talk to. And I actually, I wrote down 20 names and I individually called each person and did one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, but one of the most fulfilling in that I got on the phone with each person and I, I highlighted something that had, was bothering me. It was on my heart. It's that thing that everyone listening right now can relate to. 
where before you go to bed, you're just, you're wondering why, why is this this way? Or I regret doing this or, you know, and, and really it comes down to communication with the thought itself. It comes down to understanding what it is at a deeper level that's bothering you through communication. And so I called each of these people and 19 out of the 20 of them told me that they forgave me as I slowly apologized to them. There was only one that told me to pound sand and, and I haven't talked to him since, but I'll tell you straight up, Daryl, that I pray for him as much as I possibly can. And that I, he's always on my heart because again, for me, my self-awareness is that I can very easily be a terrible person. It, it is, it's not that it's inherent in me, it's that I was cultured through a dark side uh, that I struggled with through depression. I was cultured toward kind of being different. And because of that, I was in the punk rock scene, you know, I was in the metal scene and there was fighting was a big thing, you know, that happened. And if I can sit back and be extremely self-aware of things like that, imagine what it does in my business walk instead of separating the two, sitting back and saying, no, 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 I don't suck at this in business because it's business. I suck at this in business because I suck in general at this. I suck at this in my daily walk. So self-awareness isn't just, oh man, I can't stand picking up the phone, right? If you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, I, I'm not really good at prospecting. It's not prospecting itself that you suck at. It's something much deeper. And, and for me, it was, it was an attitude adjustment that I needed. It was, it was anger that I needed to overcome. It was also a sadness that I needed to face and that I needed to make sure that I was aware of in the first place. Once you, you start to gain that awareness of yourself as well too, you start to gain awareness of others in the process. You know, you start, you'll be on the road driving, for example, Daryl, you'll be driving your car and someone will cut you off and you'll flick them off in your head. You'll go, that's that thing that, that I suck at. And you'll start to slowly work on through these little instances of revelations for yourself. You'll start to work on who you are. You'll say, instead of saying, you know, I don't want my human interactions to be me flicking people off on the road. You'll start, you'll pull into a gas station and while you're pumping gas, you'll say to the person at the car across from you, I hope you're having a good day or, Hey, how are you? <laughs> and you'll practice your sales walk that way too, because being intentional in communication and conversation and awareness of any situation that you're in, not just yourself and not just others, but the situation itself is powerful. And if we practice that outside of sales cycle, it makes the sales cycle much more human and it makes it much more successful. So many things of what you said, you said, practice the behaviors that you want to exhibit, right? I want to exhibit forgiveness. I want to exhibit uh, friendship. I want to exhibit respect. I want to exhibit awareness that, you know, that person maybe cut me off, but maybe it's because they're having a bad day. They were oblivious, right? Giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you want to not always be the one it's, you know, woe is me, the world's against me. Maybe they're not against you. Maybe it looks that way but have context that maybe it's just, no, you, it's just having a bad luck. It's all it is. It's all nothing personal. And don't hold a grudge. And then, in fact, feel for them. Embrace them. Help them have a better day. And when you approach your cold calling with that mentality, that mindset, that's huge. For me, a wonderful story for me was I was always being corrected of certain communication challenges that I was always had to be right. And I was argumentative when I was younger. It, ironically, I didn't agree with them and I argued with them. And finally, I got to the point where I said to my boss at the time, I said, I don't see it. I don't see it. Next time I do that, stop me. I don't care what we're in the middle of. Stop the conversation and said, Daryl, now this. He goes, okay. 
And that was how we had a middle ground. And you know, fast forward a week, and he said, Daryl, stop now. And all of a sudden, I had situational awareness because like, I'm in the situation. And I went, oh, oh, shit, they're right. <laughs> shit, they're right. Okay, okay, I get it. But now I had context, and now I can fix it. So the big thing here, mindset and attitude, it's not just something that you have to be intentional about and give yourself a runway to do it. It's about being aware of who you are and who you want to be. It's about being aware of others. It's about being confident enough to actually take the hits to say where you might be weak and being self-assured enough to say, but I want to be better and I'm going to do this, whether it's my approach. So I may not do well at cold calling right now, but I want to be better. And I'm going to learn from the others. And I'm going to park my humility and I'm just going to go and do it. And I'm going to make mistakes because I gave myself permission. I'm going to embrace the suck, as he says. Dale Dupree, you are a rock star. Dale, if they want to learn more about you and your sales rebellion, where do they go? So the best place to head is to LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com backslash IN backslash copier warrior is how you find me. You can head to salesrebellion.com as well, too. And I'm on all the social channels. If you just want to come and get a glimpse in, inside of my rebellion and what it is that I'm doing on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and what I've done for the last 13 and a half years in B2B sales, as a millennial coming up at the forefront of our generation experiencing these things, you know, please find me, connect with me, snap me, tweet me, Insta me, whatever. <laughs> Dale, my audience knows this, but you may not. My first sales job ever, selling photocopiers. So you and I, brother... We are copier warriors together. Copiers unite. It also says there's a bit of an age gap here, folks. So copiers have been around for a long time. So I'm going to say. <laughs> um, with that, we're done. That's another episode in the books. Me and Dale hanging out, talking to you about mindsets. This is Inside, Inside Sales. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by VanillaSoft. VanillaSoft.